Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. Today's shear will be on Parshas Miketz. I would like to enter the Parsha at the part of the story where Yosef has interpreted Paro's dreams to the satisfaction of Paro, and he has suggested to Paro a, a plan for dealing with the seven years of famine. And it then says that, that Paro decides that yes, you are the man. And Paro says, Behold, I have placed you above. I have placed you as a leader above all of the land of Mitzrayim. And now we come to Perak Mem Aleph, Posik Mem Beis. And Paro removed his ring from upon his hand. And he placed it upon the hand of Yosef. And he clothed him in linen garments. And he placed a golden revid, a golden ornament on his neck. Let's take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Paro removed his ring. The giving over of the ring of the king he owes, it is a sign, Lamisha Noisna, to the to the one to whom he gives it, Lios Sheni Loibigdula, that that person should be second to the king in greatness. The giving over of the ring is a sign that whoever is now holding that ring is above everyone except the king. Let's read a little bit more before we come back to this Rashi. Big day Sheish, uh, he clothed Yosef in garments of linen. So what is the significance of that? Rashi says, This is a matter of chashivus. This is an important thing in Mitzrayim. Only important, noble, royal people wore pishtun, wore um, flax linen garments. And Ravid, okay, we're not going to go into Rashi's diktuk, but Ravid is some sort of a necklace or some sort of an ornament that went on the neck. Now this first Rashi, let's read it one more time. But Yosar es Tabato, Paro removed his ring and gave it to, to Yosef. Nesinas Tabasa Melech, the giving over of the ring of the king, he owes, it is a sign, the Mishinaisna, to the one to whom he gives it, Lios Sheni Lebigdula, that that person should be secondary only to the king in greatness. So Rashi, if you read Rashi carefully, he seems to be emphasizing the symbolic importance of being allowed to wear the king's ring. Not any pragmatic aspect. It's not the 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 here. The point here is not that one can do something with this ring. That one can sign letters, sign seals with it. This was presumably a signet ring, but. Rashi doesn't emphasize that. He merely says 
that the fact that the king gives to you the ring, that makes you number two in the kingdom. Ramban, however, disagrees. Ramban quotes the Rashi, we won't read it again, but he says, the correct explanation is as follows. The ring of the king is his signature. That's the way he used to sign letters, even until relatively recently in history. There would be a uh, some sort of a plaster or wax or, uh, or clay that would seal the letter, and then you would have a signet ring with your, your personal sign on it, and you would press down with the ring onto the seal, and that's your personal seal, particularly for a king. This is something very important. Ke'inyan, and this is like what we find in Megillus Esther, chismu v'tabas ha'melech, that Achashverosh told Mordechai, uh, after Mordechai, had, uh, Mordechai and Esther had uh, revealed to the king the evil plots of Haman, so the king agreed that he would allow the Jews to take revenge against Haman and his accomplices. So he said, write up a decree that uh, the Jews should be able, should be allowed to go out and kill all their enemies, and seal it with, this, with the ring of the king. And I believe the Ramban now is referring to Yosef, but it really is equally true by Mordechai. He says he gave to him the, this seal, Lios He gave to Yosef this seal that Yosef should now be a, a prince and a commander in all of the kingdom. And he will be able to seal with the ring of the king anything he wants. So we have here a basic disagreement between Rashi and Ranban about this Pasik. Rashi understands that Para took off the ring and gave it to Yosef. It is largely a symbol of power. Now, I'm not saying that Rashi disagrees, uh, that Rashi didn't know about the ancient institution of stamping things with a, with a signet ring. I'm sure Rashi did know about it. It's in Tanakh in a number of times, and it was probably prevalent in Rashi's times and where he lived in France. But Rashi doesn't emphasize that here. Rashi understands that what Paro was doing was he was giving a sign of importance to Yosef. Ranban understands, no, he was giving to Yosef a practical, pragmatic tool of power. Here's my ring. This is how I sign decrees. You may now sign decrees, and they, go, they will go out with all the force of a royal decree. Ramban seems to have a very good point. Why shouldn't we explain this Pasuk similar to what we see in Megillus Esther? Megillus Esther is quite clear that the king said to Ach the, the Achashverosh said to Esther and to Mordechai, Hine nasati Esther, I have given over the household of Haman to Esther, but also to Luala Eitz, and they have already hanged him on the tree etc. The Atem and now and you kisfu ala Yehudim katayv be'inechem b'shem b'melech. Write to the Jews whatever you like, whatever is good in your eyes, in the name of the Melech, the chismu b'tabasa Melech, and sign it with the seal 
with the ring of the king. Because a writing, a, 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 a written message that is written in the name of the king and is signed with the ring of the king, one may not return it, one may not argue with it. So it seems quite, quite obvious here in Esther that the purpose of the ring was to stamp a seal of approval on royal decrees. So why wouldn't Rashi say the same thing over here? It would seem to fit the shot here also. Uh, Yosef has, uh, he interpreted Paro's dreams. He gave to him very good advice about how to run his kingdom. And Paro was now saying, you know what? If you're so smart, I'm going to give you the job to do it. And then we should, uh, we, we could very easily understand it. It flows very well that we would understand that now Paro is giving his ring to Yosef so that Yosef may stamp and seal royal decrees. Why does Rashi insist that this giving over of the ring is only a sign? It's an os, it's a symbol, but it's not actually a practical tool, or at least that's not the emphasis of what the Pasuk is saying. I think we can support Rashi's opinion in several ways. The first way is what's called by Rashi, it was really called it was called this name long before Rashi came along, Dabar Halamed Me'enyanai, something which is learned from its context. If we look at the context of this Pasuk here in, in Parshas Miketz, so it's other parts of the Pasuk besides the Tabas, but other items mentioned in the Pasuk are matters of symbolism, but not actual pragmatic tools. It says that Paro, dressed up Yosef in big day sheish in linen clothing, which Rashi said is a, it's a devar chashivos, it's a symbol of importance. He placed upon him the revid hazahov, he placed upon him this golden ornament on his neck. That also does not seem to have any pragmatic significance. It's a symbol of royalty. And in the next pasuk it says, and Paro gave Yosef a ride, on his second greatest carriage, on the, on, the, on the number two royal carriage. So there also, riding in the royal carriage is not, a, is not the signing and, 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 uh, and administering of a royal decree. It's a sign. It's a symbol of greatness. So since everything around the Tabas are indications and symbols of greatness, so it could be Rashi understood that the tabas here also, the giving over of the tabas was not primarily to give Yosef the power to sign royal decrees. He may have had that, but that's not primarily what the giving over of the ring meant. Primarily it was, it was meant as a symbol of his newfound greatness. Another point that I think supports Rashi is the emphasis that this Pasuk, and we'll see soon another Pasuk, the emphasis that they place on the word Yado, on the hand. This Pasuk says, paro es tabato me'al yado. He took it off of his own hand, al yad Yosef. and he placed it al yad Yosef, on the hand of Yosef. There's a very specific emphasis on the hand. There is a Midrash, Midrash Rabbah, which says something very interesting. The Midrash Rabbah says that, that all of these symbols of greatness that Yosef merited 
were all in the merit of his resistance to the to the seduction of uh, of Asius Potiphar, among which was that he would not allow his hand to to touch to touch Asius Potiphar in a sinful way, and therefore his hand was uh, was decorated with this beautiful ring. Rashi does not quote that midrash, and I'm not saying that he had that midrash in mind here, but Rashi, I think, did under, perhaps understood that there is, a, there is a special point here regarding the Yad. Because this Pasuk mentions that Para took it off of his hand and put it onto Yosef's hands, onto Yosef's hands, so that indicates that we're not talking here about the ring as in its, in its function as a practical, pragmatic tool of signing decrees. Because as a pragmatic tool of signing decrees, it doesn't really matter if it's on your hand or not. You could leave it in your drawer. You could leave it on your desk. When it's time to sign a decree, you push it down on the on the on the whatever they use, whether it was wax or or mud or whatever whatever kind of seals they used. It's not the emphasis should not be on your dough. But therefore, therefore Rashi understood why is it mentioned your dough? Because we're talking here about an ornament. We're talking about a symbol. The symbol needs to be visible. If it's a tool, I can, I can keep the tool in my pocket. The main thing is I can use it. But if we're talking about a symbol of greatness, a symbol of royalty, there it is, it's appropriate and makes sense that the Pusik would mention that Para took it off of his hand and put it onto the hand of Yosef. We find later when Yaakov Avinu finally came down to Mitzrayim and eventually just before his death, he blessed each one of his children. So we find one of the things that Yaakov said to Yosef in his bracha was, kashto. Uh, all of these words are not so difficult, not so easy to, to translate, but I'll just uh, approximate until I come to the exact point I'm interested in. You, you settled in a strong place, and your hands became uh, coated with gold. By Yafozu, we'll see according to Rashi, is like the word paz, which is a certain type of very fine gold. So his arms, the arms of his hands, became covered with this fine gold. Now, what is that referring to? So here, Rashi says, Zohi Nesinas Tabas Al Yado. This is the giving of the ring, of the king's ring, onto his hand. L'shoin, Zahav Mufaz. This word Vayafozu is like a word in Sefer Malachim, Zahav Mufaz, a, a very fine, special kind of gold that's called Paz or Zahav Mufaz. We see here again that the emphasis is on the hand and on the beauty of the ring, that it was made of gold. If the, if the main point, if the main purpose of this ring was for Yosef to sign royal decrees, it's not so important that it would be on his hand. And it's, it's does it not so beautiful, it does it. What's the difference if it's made out of gold or silver or copper or, or, or anything? It's not the point. But since Yaakov Avinu uh, praises Yosef, and he says, you're, you're such a great man, you had the king's golden ring upon your finger. So we see, that the primary function of this ring, as far as Yosef was concerned, 
was the ornamentation, was the beautiful ring, which is a symbol of royalty. And we find another, another point, which I think supports what we're saying, is that there is a very important difference between the ring being given to Yosef and the ring that, that was given to Mordechai. If we look in Megillus Esther, in Perik Vov, so we will see, we will find out that Mordechai was given some royal garments to wear, and he was also given the ring. Similar to Yosef. Yosef was, was, was given royal garments. He was given the big day sheish and the, the Ravid Hazahov, and he was given the tabas. He was given the ring. However, by Mordechai, these are two separate incidents. If we look at the Psukim in Esther, so uh, one night the king couldn't sleep and he asked for the Sefer Azichrenais. He asked for the royal chronicles to be brought, to be read in front of him. And it was read to him how Mordechai once saved the king's life by telling on Big Son Beserish. And therefore uh, the king called for Haman and he asked Haman, what should we do for someone who, who did such a great favor to the king? And Haman said, I have a great idea, thinking that he must be about himself. He said, they should bring Lebush Malchus, Asher Lebash Bayamelech, they should bring a royal garment that the king has worn, the Sus Asher Rechav Alav and they should bring the horse that the king rode on, the Asher Nitan Keser Malchus Baroshay, and a, a horse, or, or I don't know if it means the crown goes on the horse, probably means the crown went on the king, and they should bring a crown upon his head, and they should put on this, give this person this, this clothing to wear, and they should uh, put him on the horse, and they should give him a ride on this horse, and so on. This is the glory that they should do for such a person, that the Melech desires to honor. And so the king said to Haman, very good idea, hurry up, bring Mordechai here, you're going to do all of this for Mordechai. And so it says that uh, they dressed Mordechai in the royal clothing and they gave him a ride in the city street and on the royal horse and so on. That's one incident. That's one story. The, the, the record, the, the incident in which Mordechai is given the Tabas HaMelech, he is given the royal ring, is not until, this is in Perik Vav, the, the story of the royal ring is not until later. It's not until Perik Ches, as we said before. In Perik Ches, it's a whole different story. In Perik Ches, Esther and Mordechai, uh, finally Esther reveals to the king that Haman wants to kill all the Jews, including herself. And the king, uh, the king is very upset about that. And um, Haman is killed. Haman is hanged from the, from the tree. From the from the wood from the okay Haman is hanged and then um, Achashverosh says to Esther and to Mordechai Hine be Saman Nasati la Esther I've given over the house of Haman to Esther but also to all the and Haman himself they have already hanged on the tree etc. Viatem and now you Kiswali Yehudim Ketayv Bein Eichem B'Shem Amelach write 
a decree according to whatever is good in your eyes in the name of the king, the chismu b'tabasa melech, and stamp it with the with the seal with the with the ring of the king. That is where the this ring was given over to Mordechai, a completely separate incident. So in Megillus Esther, it makes sense to say that the royal clothing, those were signs of royalty. Those were signs of the king's appreciation for Mordechai saving his life. The ring, that's a practical matter. When it came time for Mordechai to write a decree, giving the Jews the command and the permission to go out and fight against their enemies within the Persian Empire. Normally, you don't let one part of your empire kill off the other. But here there was a royal decree to allow this. So the king gave to Mordechai the, the, the royal ring as a practical matter so that he could stamp and approve the, the, the decree. By Yosef, really, as we mentioned before, by Yosef, it all happened together. By Yosef, uh, Yosef gave his advice to the king. The king gave to Yosef the tabas, and he clothed him in big day sheish, and he gave him the he put the revit zahav on his neck, and he gave him a ride in the in the the second highest chariot in the kingdom. It's all one story. So this also strengthens the point that by Mordechai the ring was a pragmatic item. By Yosef, it was primarily a symbol of being Shani the Melech, of being of very high royal authority. It may have, I would assume, it carried with it also the pragmatic aspect, but the, the, the emphasis seems to be on the symbolic aspect of the ring. Why this difference? So what? I'm not sure. Perhaps one could say that there was a difference between the royal customs of the, of the Egyptians and the Persians. Maybe in the Egyptian royal custom, the king's ring was seen, was understood primarily as a, as a symbol of the king's authority. Whereas in the Persian kingdom, perhaps they, did, they didn't look at it that way. They looked at it more as a, as a practical tool. I don't know, I'm not a, a professor of ancient history. I suspect there's something else going on here rather than just a difference in culture. It would seem to me as follows. The giving of the ring to Yosef together with his wearing of, uh, of flaxen garments and his wearing of the Ravid HaZahov and his ride that he was given, the Merkevis Amishna, all of this is a fulfillment of the prophetic dreams that he dreamt as a 17-year-old boy. Let's take a look at the dreams, going back to last week's Parsha. The first dream was, Behold, we were gathering up bundles of grain, in the field. Behold, my, my bundle stood up straight. And behold, your alumois, my brothers, your, your stalks of your grain, your sheaves, your bundles of grain, they surrounded mine, and they bowed down to mine. That's one dream. And let's go to the second dream. 
says, Behold, in my dream, I saw the sun and the moon, and the 11 stars, and they were bowing down to me. Of course, both, both of these dreams uh, were indicating that his brothers and even his mother and his father uh, were going to bow to him as the king. He's going to be king over them. But you'll notice that in both dreams, the emphasis is not on the pragmatic, practical aspects of being king. It doesn't, there's no hint in either dream that Yosef is going to order them to do something. They're going to have to listen to him. Again, I'm not saying that isn't included, but it is not the primary thrust of these dreams, it would not seem. The first dream says, it, it compares the brothers to bundles of grain, and Yosef is also a bundle of grain, and they all surround him, and they all bow down. They show a symbol that he is royalty. And so too in the second dream here, the metaphor is the, the, the sun and the moon and the stars. Um, and and, and uh, so the Shemesh and the Areach, that's the father and the mother, and the Achan Kechavim are the 11 other brothers. And what are they doing? Not that I'm commanding them and they're going, they're running this way and that way to do whatever I command them. That's not what's being symbolized here in the dream, but rather, Mishtachavimli. They're bowing down to me. They are accepting me and they are, they are performing a symbol of my royalty. And so perhaps it could be, could be perhaps that that's why the Torah itself indicates that the Tabas HaMelech, this that Paro gave over to Yosef, the Tabas, was not primarily for pragmatic purposes. That's not a kiyom, that's not a fulfillment of the dream. The fulfillment of the dream is that Yosef received the Tabas together with the Big Day Sheish, and together with the Revit HaZahov, and together with the Merkevis Mishnah, all of these things together are symbols of his royalty, because that's what was predicted in the dream. By Mordechai, we don't find, certainly in, in Pshutai Shal Mikra, with, with Rashi's comments on the, on the Megillah, I don't think that we find that Mordechai's greatness was predicted by any dream. The, the, whole, uh, the whole flow of the Megillah, the whole point of the Megillah, is that everything seemed to happen naturally. It was all meis b'derach hateva. Okay, the, the, the king got angry with his wife, and there was a contest, and uh, somehow Esther won the contest, and, and everything, and, and so, you know, Mordechai one day happened to overhear Bigs and Viserish, and they were plotting against the king, and so he was a good citizen. He saw, everything seems to be with a very natural cause and effect. Nothing is the fulfillment of dreams. Of course, there's a marionette player who's causing the the characters to, to the puppets to go where he wants them to go. But the simple shot of the Megillah is that everyone is acting consciously for understandable reasons. And things are not happening as a fulfillment of any prophecy. And perhaps that's why over there, the emphasis is different. This still needs some investigation. And I, uh, I give to whoever, whoever, to whomever is listening to me, I give you some homework to think about this difference between the tabas that was given to Yosef and the tabas that was given 
to Mordechai. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash Minagain Be More.